From our nation's capital, this is Naps Chat. I'm gonna stand right down and write myself a letter And make believe it came from you Hi, and welcome to this week's episode of Naps Chat. I'm Bob Levy, the Director of Legislative and Political Affairs for the National Association of Postal Supervisors. Before I introduce this week's guest, Ivan Butts, our national president, I'd like to provide an update on the status of H.R. 3076, the Postal Service Reform Act of 2022. As you may recall, we expected the bill to have been voted on by the Senate during the week of February 14th. At least, that was the plans of Senate Majority Leader Chuck Schumer and Senate Homeland Security and Governmental Affairs Committee Chairman Gary Peters. Unfortunately, a clerical snafu by the Clerk of the House of Representatives scuttled that expectation. In a rush to get to the bill to the Senate floor, prior to the President's State Congressional recess, the House Clerk sent the wrong version of the bill to the Senate. Not immediately recognizing that mistake, Senator Schumer filed a cloture petition on the tainted bill. The unforced procedural error required Senator Schumer to ask for what is called a unanimous consent request. His unanimous consent request was to substitute the text of the wrong bill with the correct bill. When Schumer requested unanimous consent to make that change, Senator Rick Scott of Florida objected. It only takes one objection, so Scott's objection waylaid a pre-President's Day vote on H.R. 3076. Nevertheless, we do anticipate that H.R. 3076 will be brought up next week, that is, the week of February 28th. The reason I say this is that prior to leaving for the President's Day break, Schumer refiled the cloture petition to reflect the text of the authentic House-passed bill, H.R. 3076. So a cloture vote could take place as early as Monday, February 28th, meaning the bill could come up for a vote as early as Wednesday. Stay posted. Now, I'd like to greet this week's guest, NAPS President Ivan Butts. Welcome to NAPS Chat, Ivan. Thank you, Bob. Before we went on the air, Ivan alerted me that this is the first NAPS Chat he's been on since becoming president. Well, welcome, Mr. President. Thank you, Bob. Thank you for having me. Instead of talking about H.R. 3076 this week, although I know we're pretty excited to do so, I'd like to discuss with you the historic win that NAPS earned at the United States Court of Appeal for the District of Columbia Circuit. In case our listeners don't know yet, in a unanimous 3-0 opinion, the Federal Court of Appeals ruled that the United States Postal Service violated federal law by failing to provide for a fair pay differential to NAPS-represented employees and also failed to pay wages to NAPS-represented employees that were comparable to the private sector. Throughout, and I repeat, throughout this compact yet concise 32-page decision, the court repetitively charged the Postal Service with going beyond its legal authority to deny rights and benefits to NAPS and those who NAPS represents. So, Ivan, a new day has dawned in the postal world for EAS-level employees. Before we get into a bit of detail about the ruling, Ivan, I want to explore a comment you made to me yesterday. When we were talking about the decision, I mentioned to you that you did not appear to be in a celebratory mood. Could you explain why not? 
Yes, sure, Bob. Okay. Uh, it, it is a tremendous win for our association to have that type of vindication from the courts on our, our pay and our ability to participate directly in the form, formulation of our pay and on the representation of all EAS, regardless of where you work. But it, it, it's sad to me, it saddened me a little bit that, you know, this is what we had to do in order to have this kind of justification or vindication. You would, you would think that if we're held to this high standard, then that would be reflective in our treatment uh, from the leadership of this agency. And, and I think part of the sad truth is, is that uh, that's it's not that's pretty much you know what this this lawsuit says and 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 certainly the decision by the appeals court in this case is that uh, we don't get treated uh, commiserate to that that uh, higher standard that we we must operate at to continue to deliver America's mail so yeah it, it is kind of bittersweet for me but we, we, we move on and, and we continue to fight this fight and still fight for America's postal service also. Let's talk about the decision. Three to zero seems to be NAPS's lucky number. The Federal Mediation and Conciliation Service appointed fact-finding panel, panel found in favor of NAPS three to zero, as well as the federal judges sitting on this Court of Appeals. I know that former NAPS President Brian Wagner and you, as well as NAPS resident officers, invested a considerable amount of time and effort to present our case before the court and before the Federal Mediation Conciliation Service uh, regarding the unfairness that, uh, with which our members were treated during the consultative process. Could you discuss how the officers prepared for this case and how you work with our general counsel, Bruce Moyer, and our outside counsel? Andy Friedman to prepare? Well, it really starts to go back to, we have to go back uh, to the 2016 convention when we were kind of heading for uh, very late pay talks and then for, for, for 2016 uh, through 2019. And, and you know, Lewis uh, Atkins, our then president who was outgoing at the time, really tasked Bruce Moyer with finding uh, a legal firm that could assist us uh, in case, not looking for it, but in case there, there arose a need that, that we would have to go to fact finding. And Bruce uh, went out and did a search and, and came up with this uh, excellent law firm uh, uh, that uh, Andy uh, Goldman works for. And, and they, they've just been tremendous. So our, our really our prep work for getting ready once it was decided that we, we had to go to fact-finding. It really just required us to do a lot of data, data analysis, data hunting, which Brian did a tremendous amount of that through all our old, old uh, archives and papers that we have here at NAPS to really justify and, and document uh, uh, what what the pay package is, what the process is, and then you know, with Andy and Bruce Self, we dug into the law, and you know what the law uh, uh, says uh, uh, about our pay and, and how it and how it should be argued, and 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 again, 
when we met with the mediation panel, uh, Andy and Jean, uh, uh, who represented us in front of the panel, did a tremendous job. They were they were well prepared and, and just presented our case in such a manner that yes, we got a three to zero of uh, recommendations uh, back from the mediation panel, from the fact finding panel. Uh, making suggestions to the post, recommendations to the Postal Service. Unfortunately, you know, as the process goes, and this is really why we, we, we once we get 3076 passed, we really need to push for 3077 and get that passed. Because again, in this process, we went through all, all this and this fact-finding process, which is described in the law, and got the, the recommendations from the panel and the Postal Service Pretty much said thanks, but no thanks, and and so so that led us to the next or taking us to the next level uh, of going and filing the lawsuit uh, with the courts, which ultimately was 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 uh, denied at the initial level uh, by Judge Lambert, and but we 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 felt we felt passionate about our members, we felt passionate about the issue. So yes, that's why we, we went on and appealed. And our legal team really felt strongly that uh, Judge Lambert did err in his decision. And really thank God that they did, because uh, again, uh, uh, by his grace going to the, the appeals panel, uh, they believed it also. And again, three to, three to nothing, three to, three to nothing, all three judges agree with, with, with us on our points and our arguments. Let, let's, the, Judge Royce in the district court, he never ruled on the merits of the case. Rather, he denied the opportunity for Knapps to sue. Correct. So he, 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 never just, ruled, he never ruled on the merits. He never ruled on the merits. Right. Whereas the Court of Appeals ruled on the merits. And I'd like to now explore that for a couple of minutes. Mm -hmm. As I read the opinion, I noted that specific matters were remanded, or in layman's terms, returned to the federal district court for further consideration, consistent with the appeals court opinion. That means the district court can't go back and relitigate the facts that were decided by the court of appeals. Mm -hmm. Now, other matters were decided as a matter of law by the appeals court. As such, those matters are final. So I'd like to divide the issues up. First, those that have been remanded back to the district court, and second, those that were already decided. Okay. Let's talk, start with the pocketbook issues, because a lot of our members are concerned about how much, what this will mean to their pocketbooks. And those issues were remanded to the lower court. Now, let me pause by reiterating, the court already ruled the Postal Service violated the law, right? Correct. But those matters were returned to the lower court to determine the magnitude of the EAS pay gap, both in terms of pay comparability and in terms of pay differential. Could you explain? Well, I, again, I, I think the, the appeals panel was, was, was fairly clear uh, about the differential and that it has to be established. Uh, that what they were very clear on was that, you know, are right as a management association under the law requires that we participate directly in the formulation of pay policies and fringe benefits and, the, and those things. And what the court said is that the post office is not doing that. And the post office has not done that. 
Um, those things are, are clear, but what's what's not clear and what needs we need to go back on to the the lower courts is what degree, what degree and, and what kind of remedy uh, can it, it uh, can be applied to that. So that's still further discussion. That's still further issue. Hopefully, that's still further conversation that we can have with the leadership of the Postal Service to, to, to maybe come to a, some type of understanding or, or some type of agreement on that. But that's where that that portion uh, is is has to go back to the lower court to be heard. Also, there there's uh, another issue of, uh, of of establishing what I would believe. Uh, that that may we may need to establish how to attract and retain. What does it mean to attract and retain? I think that the decision kind of made mention that we didn't really clarify that point. Uh, so I, I think that would be something we would look to do. Going back to the lower courts, also make sure that we understand. We know what it means that the postal service should be attracting and retaining, and we have a firm idea of what they're not doing to attract and retain EAS, uh, but somehow uh, through that uh, process, you know, they, the, the court, the appeals uh, voice feels that we didn't articulate that. Well, in terms of uh, attracting and retaining, if there is not a meaningful differential between craft employees and managerial level employees, there's very little incentive for craft employees to actually want to be promoted into the managerial because there's no dollar benefit to them. So when the lower court has to evaluate what, in effect, is a fair differential. The 5% that the Postal Service does at a particular uh, level of, of whatever the craft is, whatever that is, wasn't enough. Absolutely. And, and, and we've said that. We said that all along. And, and we got, even if we look back to the initial where the, the genesis for uh, this SDA started from, the initial judge in that case Said that that our that our pay difference should be twenty five percent of the craft. So, but on appeal, that that decision got wiped out, and the post office was allowed this latitude to come up with their own uh, differential, and, and that's where we we're at, which is five percent. And this five percent is not even hard and fast, as we know, because there are some some positions that 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 make far less than five percent when looking at the people that surprise and we have issues where some people are not even in the right category for SDAs, which we continually uh, try to work with the Postal Service on correcting. So if the court, the lower court, decides on a meaningful differential and a meaningful comparability, pay comparability gap, um, to close that gap, what about back pay? Because remember, the, because this case covers uh, a pay talks that took start in 2016. Correct. What about back pay? Well, uh, again, if, if, if there's a, a opinion or a ruling uh, calling for it, then I, the agency would, has, is, would be obligated to provide uh, back pay. But again, the, the, the back, back pay issue that we're talking about is centered around the pay package for 2016 to 2019. When NAPS went to bat for our members, um, both at the FMCS for the fact-finding as well as this court this court case. Does this win, the, the, the comparability issue and the differential, does that affect just the folks in 
that are represented by that? So does that affect all EAS level employees? Well, obviously anything that we, we do impacts all uh, EAS, even, you know, uh, during it, that this, this period of time where we've been refused the representation of, of, of uh, postmasters in area and, and headquarters, still the work that we do, uh, is they, they receive benefit from that also. Uh, and again, Bridas, who was before even with, with going with the other management associations, postal service would tell us, well, we can't do, you know, something for you that we don't in turn do with them. And now the law is just further put further clarity on that when it when it when it explain what the law means about this nested representation, whereas NAPS uh, truly is the representative of all EAS in the postal service. Let's talk about another issue that was remanded to the district court. That involved NAP's representation of certain certain headquarters and area employees. The court found that the Postal Service unlawfully denied these personnel representation by NAPS, mm-hmm. and it remanded to the district court to determine which of headquarters and area um, employees were improperly excluded from representation. We're just talking about area and headquarters personnel. Right. What are they talking about? Yeah, that that's kind of uh, I, I think to at least to me it, it, it's it's kind of odd. But they they feel that the postal service didn't properly quantify what is a not a supervisory or managerial uh, headquarters or area employee. But again, I, my position, and again, we'll, we'll have to do some research and and see if it has legal footing. Is 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 we as EAS, we're our our title, our pay title is executive administrative uh, schedule, EAS. So, in my opinion, is that anyone who who has that banner, who who wears that EAS title, is managerial. Whether you work at headquarters, whether you work in the area, whether you work in the district, whether you're a supervisor whether you're a postmaster, whether you're a, a manager, uh, whether you're uh, working in, in uh, HRM, uh, or whether you're, you're working in labor relations, or, or whether you work in safety, uh, in any, if, you're, if you, your title contains EAS uh, um, before your level, then NAPS's opinion is that you are a manager. Now, I, want to, I just want to come back to that. The only issue with regard to representation that was remanded to the district court were those area and headquarters personnel that the Postal Service denied to NAPS representation rights. But there were issues that were settled at the Court of Appeals that were not remanded. And now I'd like to talk about those. And those were representational issues that are now settled as a matter of law. And that includes the statutory authority for NAPS to represent not only postal supervisors, but also other managerial employees, including postmasters. Can you talk about that? Yeah, and obviously, you know, uh, the representation of managers is something that we've always done because, you know, we're the largest uh, association and our, our 
base obviously is is supervisors, customer service, and and uh, supervisor distribution operations. But we have a significant number of managers also uh, within within our, our ranks. We have a significant number of postmasters. We have a, over forty percent of the postmasters, working postmasters, are NAPS members. Uh, again, that's really was kind of the nexus for us to start this discussion. So we did a tremendous job over the years of, of getting postmasters to come on board and, and, and sign willingly. Obviously, we feel we have some tremendous benefits to offer as the uh, largest management association. And postmasters have been coming on board and signing on with us, which is tremendous. It just makes us stronger uh, all the way around as a unit. So again, not sorry to get so far off course, but so we have this as, as kind of decided, right? And the, the appeals panel did an excellent job. If you, anyone looks at it, the data, is, it's on our website. The appeal was on our website, page 27. They even give a, a, a diagram of what it means to have this nested representation issue. And, and, and the illustration is quite stark and really quite uh, eye-opening to see it into related. So again, as a as a man as the management association of the postal service, you know, NAPS, the, the appeals panel is saying that NAPS has the authority to represent all EAS, all EAS, postmasters, managers, we represent them all. Uh, uh, and then you go down and then that changes as you filter down. The one thing that struck me in, in the reading decision is the court's ruling is, was that uh, postmasters, the postmaster association is not uh, uh, legally eligible to represent supervisors, which yeah. is which is huge, I, I, I thought. Yeah, I forgot what page of the uh, decision it was on, but there was something that I remember from my high school years, what's known as a Venn diagram, which is that nesting structure, mm -hmm. which has who could represent what class of employees. And this the big circle that encompasses all or virtually all post-supervisor and managerial level employees, including postmasters, is the National Association of Postal Supervisors. Correct. So for those of you listening, go back to your high school geometry and reread the book on Venn diagrams. <laughs> uh, you know, so as a matter of one, let's come back to area. And I know there's something that's important to you and important to a lot of our resident officers. So also as a matter of law, NAPS represents virtually all managerial personnel, regardless of whether the Postal Service classifies them as field area or headquarters employees. And they just have to, right now, what's been remanded back is they just have to figure out, okay, which of the headquarters personnel are we going to enumerate that, for whatever reason they, they sort of develop, cannot be represented. Well, yeah, and that would have to center around uh, uh, some type of language that they aren't a supervisor and they aren't a manager. But again, I, I believe, you know, our belief, or at least my belief is, is certainly centered on if I am an EAS, an executive administrative schedule employee, I am a manager. I am management. Now, we can certainly, in doing peak, we can certainly take them out of the safety office and put them out in the offices and have them, have them, have them. We can certainly take them out and have them uh, do other duties, supervisory and managerial duties. So, 
if they can do that, they're managers. Mm -hmm. I'd like to return where we started this conversation, and that was your disappointment that NAPS had to resort to judicial intervention as the result of a dysfunctional consultative process. Mm -hmm. As I said, as we talked about just recently, the decision covered the 2016-2019 pay package. Moving forward, could you talk about the legislative package included in H.R. 3077, the Postal Improvement Act, that would preclude the costly and protracted litigation in which NAPS was forced to embark this time around? Yeah. That, again, that's why, Bob, I really believe is critical. Obviously, postal reform is, is critical for us. We really need to get that taken taken care of, and we're so close to the goal line. Uh, we we want to focus on getting that across the goal line. But look, at thirty seventy seven, really, uh, with, with uh, uh, Representative Connolly, uh, he did a tremendous thing uh, for for the for America's Postal Service by by introducing this language. And Mike Boss. Also, for his his original support you know, of the bill, uh, really helped put the put the framework around fixing this issue that actually required us to have to file a lawsuit against the the agency to seek some type of relief for our pay decision. And really, it's it's kind of simple. Some of the things that are in the bill. Uh, one one is you know that. We start our process earlier. We don't. We don't have to wait. Right. The law says that 45 days after the largest union ratifies the contract, we should have a proposal from from the postal service. And then this is one thing. But one thing. One thing that law doesn't say is doesn't say that we have to wait 45. The post office has to wait 45 days. It just says 45 days after it's ratified, we have to have a proposal. There's nothing to say that they couldn't make a proposal six months before our pay our, our our pay agreement ends to make a proposal. So we could consider that and, and move forward and, and even possibly have our pay agreement in place and not even need to worry about uh, uh, the union. So we thought that was an antiquated provision in the bill. And 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 unfortunately so did Representative Connolly and Representative Boss. So uh, that that's one of the key changes. Uh, obviously, the second thing would be our MSPB rights for all EAS, which is huge uh, for these administrative uh, uh, managers that, who don't have rights to MSPB because they don't supervise two or more employees, which is kind of an anomaly of the law. Uh, and 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 the other issue, more directly uh, to your point, would be is that if if we have to go through this fact finding process ever again uh, under under law if it was enacted and passed that whatever the recommendations that that fact-finding panel would come out of the fact-finding with would be binding by both sides and that's huge because again you know to put on a, a fact-finding case it's, it's costly it does it, it, it wasn't you know free for us to put on this fight for members rights in the fact-finding process. It was necessary, but it, it, but it certainly was not inexpensive. And, and at the end of that day, we feel as though it, it, if the recommendations are given that this panel that we're entrusting to make a fair and equitable decision 
makes that fair and equitable recommendation, it shouldn't be just a recommendation. It should be binding by both sides. And, and that law, uh, if passed, would do that. And I think that really helps address really the issues that, that were the, the nexus for us having to file a lawsuit because the Postal Service, when they received those recommendations from the fact right finding panel, decided that we're not going to do any of it, mm-hmm. uh, except uh, the work, <laughs> except this, this workroom process, which is another story uh, or another chapter for us on this workroom process. I, I would just conclude our conversation with, with stating that the Court of Appeals, the Court of Appeals opinion basically validated the findings of the federal minute the Federal Mediation and Conciliation Services. And, 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 and so you if we had the issue the um the text of the Conley language, Conley Boss language, we would be where we are. Absolutely. With a little more money in our kitty. Yeah, and, and a lot less anxiety over at postal headquarters at Lampont Plaza. Yeah, absolutely. With that, I want to thank NAPS President Ivan Butts for joining me this week on NAPS Chat. Thanks, Ivan. Thank you, Bob. Also, I want to thank Naps Chat listeners for logging on this week. Uh, if you enjoy Naps Chat, please leave a positive review in the Apple Podcast Store. And more importantly, share Naps Chat with your friends and colleagues. In the meantime, stay safe and healthy. I'm going to sit right down and write myself a letter.